Well, it is good to be back amongst you. I have been sojourning in the Republic of Texas and uh, have been down there. So far, they haven't withdrawn from the Union. There's still 50 of us, so uh, it's all good. Be encouraged. While I was there, I had a unique privilege, and you'll get to have that unique privilege tonight. You probably want to see this guy right here. This is, uh, there you go. That is Jameson Ian. He is uh, the uh, newest walker to, uh, he's he's very unwalkerish. He doesn't talk. Um, He, uh, which is very unlike us. You know, I mean, uh, generally, you know, you meet many of the walkers, it's like they've been inoculated with a phonograph needle or something. They just talk, 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 talk all the time and stuff. And he's not like that. He just kind of looks at you and just kind of goes, yeah, okay. You know, and uh, very calm baby, very unlike me. He's a, he's a very calm kid. So, I mean, I, you, you guys will enjoy getting to know him. So, uh, so will I. He is all of uh, today, well, actually tomorrow, he will be a full two weeks old. And so uh, you, get the, uh, you get the early report, so you get to sing there. Well, as we get ready to get started tonight, we're going to be, tonight we're going to be looking at the Bible, how, and uh, kind of like how do you actually begin to get into the Bible? How do you do that? What's that all about? How do you uh, do it? So we're going to look at that. Before we do, let's take a minute, let's pray, and uh, just take a minute to still our hearts before God. Father, would you... Um, would you take tonight, Father, the, um, the words that are shared, take your word as it's shared, take um, the things that are said, and Father, would you take and speak to each one of our hearts here? Would you help us to see more clearly um, how to really get into your word, the purpose of that, and, and then how to do it, and And, Father, would you make that not something that just resides in our head, but, Father, would you really allow that to permeate uh, the fiber of who we are, that we would actually take that and put it into practice and uh, see the difference that you make in a life as we uh, do that, Father. So we ask those things in the name of Jesus, in his name. Well, we, we began this series, we're looking at the Bible, we began the series of the Bible looking at why, you know, like, why do we need the Bible? Why do we believe the Bible? Uh, why do we obey the Bible? We began to look at that. And then last week, Aaron helped us uh, looking at, you know, the Bible what, and began to look at, okay, what do we have the Bible? How did we get that? You know, how did it come about? What is it uh, all about? You know, why is the Old Testament like it is? Why is the New Testament like it is? We began to look at things like, you know, the canon of scripture as it's called, which is not like, you know, boom or something like that. It's, but it's like this group of books, you know, why is it those books? Why is it others? And she really helped us uh, last week with that. And this week, what we want to do is we want to look at more of how, how do you begin to get into the Bible? How do you begin to Um, get to know God through the Bible? How do you begin to apply that? Now, the reason we want to do that is simply, I mean, I know we're more prone for this. If you've ever noticed, uh, if you're like me, you, you really like to, you know, figure out things you do, you know, and if you're, maybe that's more of a guy thing. I don't know if you're a girl, you'll have to tell me I've never been a girl. Um, But, um, you know, I've never even felt like a girl. I've never even identified. Uh, But I mean, you know, it's one of those things. So uh, it's one of those things you, you want, as a guy, you want to do stuff. You know, that's why we don't usually read instructions. We just jump in and do stuff. You know, you want to, we're, we're prone for the how part. It's real important to know why 
you do it, though. If you don't know why, what you're going to figure out is this. There's some habits that you'll develop while you're here, and then they'll just fade away. Because you can learn how to do things, and that's really good. But if you don't know the why behind that, eventually it'll just begin to you know, be something that's not on your radar. So I would encourage you to really learn that. As we begin to learn how to get into the Bible, um, that's going to be one of those habits that's going to benefit you now while you're in school. It'll benefit you when you graduate. It's one of those things, kind of like breathing, it helps you in a whole lot of areas of life. You know, if you just do this the rest of your life and get into the scriptures, it's going to be really good. But as we think about getting into the Bible, there's a lot of fuzzy thinking that goes on and probably some of that in your head. Um, Has anyone ever had a thought like, well, I really better make sure that I get time with God today because I've really got some things that are going on that need to go well. And, uh, you know, and if I don't get time with God, hmm. You ever had that kind of a magic spell type thought of scripture? You know, like, you know, uh uh-oh, I didn't spend time with God. And now I really wanted him to answer this prayer. It's probably out the window now because I didn't do this or I didn't do this. Well, some things that we need to clear up on this, you know, When you wake up in the morning, before you ever get out of bed, before your feet ever hit the floor, before you ever spend time with God, if you ever spend time with God, God loves you right then as much as he's ever going to love you. Okay? He's not going to love you more because you spend time with him. It's not like, you know, you spend time with him and therefore, you know, that somehow kicks into effect this thing with God. No, actually... God relates to you, not out of what you do for him, but out of what he's already done for you. God doesn't relate to you out of what you do for him. It's not like, well, if you do this, he's pleased with you. If you don't do this, he's not. No, 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 no. He doesn't work that way. He relates to you out of what he's already done for you. Now, this this week is Easter week. In fact, tomorrow is called Good Friday. Uh, it's kind of a strange name. I mean, that was the day of the crucifixion. You know, you kind of want a good Friday. You know, well, you know, why, why do they call it that? Well, I wanted you to be able to see that because I think it'll help us to understand a little bit more about, you know, how God relates to us. So watch this, watch this uh, short video right here and it'll give us a little bit more of an understanding of Good Friday. Good Friday. How can one describe such a day? The wrongdoing of all humanity, putting to an end an innocent man, the Son of God. This is the story of Jesus' death by way of a cross, all in one moment bringing death to the bright light of our future. He never stopped loving us, and yet this is the incredible part of it. Our sin stopped his heart. Our sin drove the nails firmly in the hands of God. All along, these were the plans. We told ourselves that we were in control, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. The brutal beating, the inhuman flogging, the naked humiliation. Heaven watched and saw it all. Our rebellion, our guilt, our shame, erasing the very notion of reconciling us with God, our sin and our debt, overcoming Jesus. 
Here is our king, obliterated. The enemy laughing, his plans unstoppable. There's no longer the sound of freedom rising. Now God's people are utterly broken. Behold the chains of mortality. Yes, this is what is true. We had heard the stories of old. The lost are found, the blind can see, the weak are made strong. But now we are witnesses to this reality. God is dead. We'd almost believed there is a way of redemption. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a peace beyond understanding. Now we know better. For us, we can say that God is encapsulated in this one realization. The single greatest sacrifice in human history is finished. How clearly we can see it. So what's so good about Good Friday? Just one thing, that the blood of Jesus can reverse the curse of sin and raise the dead to life. How clearly we can see it is finished. The single greatest sacrifice in human history encapsulated in this one realization. We can say that God is for us. Now we know better. There is a peace beyond understanding. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a way of redemption. We had almost believed God is dead, but now we are witnesses to this reality. The weak are made strong. The blind can see. The lost are found. We had heard the stories of old. Yes, this is what is true. The chains of mortality utterly broken. Behold, freedom rising. Now God's people are unstoppable. There's no longer the sound of the enemy laughing. His plans obliterated. Here is our King, Jesus, overcoming our sin and our debt, reconciling us with God, erasing the very notion of our rebellion, our guilt, our shame. Heaven watched and saw it all, the naked humiliation, the inhuman flogging, the brutal beating, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. We told ourselves that we were in control all along, these were the plans firmly in the hands of God. Our sin drove the nails. Our sin stopped his heart. And yet, this is the incredible part of it. He never stopped loving us. The bright light of our future all in one moment, bringing death to death by way of a cross. This is the story of Jesus, the Son of God, an innocent man putting to an end the wrongdoing of all humanity. How can one describe such a day? Good Friday. The reality is God relates to us on the basis of what he's done for us not on the basis of what we do for him. Christ died for us to be able to experience the joy of fellowship with God. That is part and parcel of what that was about. Now, you, you may think, okay, 
Why would God do that? Well, one of the very first reasons you see is he loves us. In 1 John 4, 9 and 10, you see this verse right here. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So one of the reasons is God loves us. Another reason is because he wants fellowship with us. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Third reason is God has made the first move in initiating this relationship with us. In Romans 5.8 it says, God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So if, if we're not getting into scripture, if we're not digging into this and learning how to get into the Bible so that we can garner favor from God, you know, if we're not doing that because we already have his favor. So if we're not doing to garner favor, then why do we want to spend time with God? Well, one of the biggest reasons is this. When, when you get into the scripture, we learned the first week, you know, that there's no way we can know God apart from him choosing to reveal himself to us. He's outside of time and space. And if therefore, if he did not choose to reveal himself to us, we'd never know him. But as he has chosen to reveal himself to us in his word, one of the things we see is that he really wants us to know him and he wants us to love him and he wants us to glorify him, which is another way of just saying reveal him. He wants us to show what he's like in the world. But if you want to love God, first of all, you have to know him. I mean, rarely do you love people that you don't know. I mean, you know, you have to get to know him. And if you want to get to know him, what you have to do is you have to get into the Bible. You have to get into his word to find out what he's like, to find out who he is so you can really get to know him. If you're going to glorify him or if you're going to kind of reveal him, if you're going to show what he's like as far as the way he thinks, the way he speaks, the way he acts, if you're going to do that, then what you have to do is you have to get into his word and begin to find out how does he think? What does, how does he speak? How does he act? Why does he do these things? And you begin to get in. So we get into the Bible for, for a simple reason, to know God, to know, love, and glorify him. We get into the scriptures all of the time. So now, as in any relationship, you know, it's, it's that you're beginning to develop with somebody. It's a really good idea to approach it in an open and honest way. How, how many of you, when you think about relating to God, kind of think, you have to relate in a certain way. You know, you ever thought that, you know, like, I mean, I, I, there was this one guy that um, I met years ago, and every time he would sit here, I'd say something like, I'd say, hey, his name was Paul. It's not a Paul that's here, so don't think of him. But this guy's name was Paul. And I'd say to Paul, I'd say, hey, Paul, do you want, you want to pray? And he'd go, okay. And Paul was one of these kind of guys. He was kind of, you know, uh, your basic anarchist and was kind of a wild guy all the time. And then all of a sudden I'd say, Paul, you want to pray? He'd go, okay. All right, let's pray. And then he would talk like this, and he'd be real quiet. He'd say, "God," and I, and I and I would I think, "What happened?" And so one day I asked him, "I said, but what are you doing?" I'm praying. And I said, "Yeah, why? You told me to." I said, "No, I mean, what? Why are you talking like that?" And he goes, "What do you mean?" And I said, <laughs> "I mean, like, normally you talk normal." And then you start talking to God, and all of a sudden you kind of you don't become, you know, Mr. Rogers or something. What happened there? You know, I mean, and he and he goes, Well, you have to be reverent before God. I said, 
reverent. I mean, yeah, I mean, but reverent isn't like, hello. You know, I mean, what, what is that? I mean, where did that come from? And he's like, really? And I said, no. He goes, you mean just like, do you talk to God just like you talk to other people? I said, yeah. And he's like, really? I mean, we had this whole long conversation because, I mean, I was just like, I'm kind of weirded out by this, but I, I found out over the years, I thought, you know what? He's not the only one. I mean, most of the time when we approach God, do you normally go up to God and really talk to him about how you're feeling and things that are on your heart? Or are you kind of one of those kind of people, you know, that if God said, how are you doing? You're like, fine. I'm fine. You fine? We're all fine. Fine. <laughs> We're great, God. Fine. Fine. I think you would sum it up by just saying, fine. You know, I mean, one of the most liberating times in my life, I remember we were out camping one day, and my wife and I were having a discussion about something. Now, if you get married, you'll understand that term. Um, but uh, what that is, that's code for argument. Uh, and so we're having this story, and I remember walking off, and I walked off towards this tent, and I was so mad, and I walked in this tent, and I was like, she makes me so angry. And then I just start fuming and telling God about, you know, God, why did you do this? Why does she just make me so angry? And, and all of a sudden, then I began to realize, oh, what am I doing? Oh my gosh. I mean, I am just unleashing all of this honesty before God. And then all of a sudden there was just like this, uh-huh. And then um, there was this thought that came to my mind, now son, how do you think you make her feel? And I thought, well, I know that's not for me. In the first place, I don't call myself son. Uh, in the second place, I never worry about how I make her feel. So, you know, I mean, so all of a sudden that thought came to me and I thought, huh, wow. I thought, well, good point. And he said, now, maybe you need to grow up and go out there and, you know, straighten things out. And I thought, well, that would be, yeah, that'd probably be something I need to do. Okay. And I walked out of there, and all of a sudden, this tent was just like this holy place. I was thinking, wow, in that crazy tent, I, I, get, I find myself very honest before God, but I found God very willing to deal with honesty in my life and very willing to speak to me in the midst of all that. If you want to really get to know God as you get into his word, one of the things you need to do, just be honest as you come to him. I mean, you know... If you're frustrated, let him know. If you're tired, let him know. If you're angry, let him know. Whatever you are, I mean, have you ever, if you ever want a great example of that, go to the Psalms. The Psalms are many of the prayers of David and many of the songs that David wrote. But if you look in the Psalms, you begin to see things that David wrote that were, you know, a lot of times now we think they're cool because we make them into current day songs and stuff like that. But, you know, if you go and you look at what David says, like, have you ever felt like when you started to get into the scripture, you think, it just seems like such a dry time in my life. Anybody ever felt that way? I mean, yeah, I mean, most of you are like, not me. No, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, well, you know what? David did. I mean, you ever read Psalm 42.1? You ought to read that. It's right there on the screen. David says this. He says, uh, as the deer pants after streams of water, so my soul longs for you. You know what David's saying? This is a really dry time. Now, see, David writes better than we do. You know, for me, I would write something like, this is a really dry time, God. <laughs> you know, but David says stuff like, as the deer pants for the... I mean, what David's saying is, it's dry. 
in my life right now. You know what? He's just honest with God. You look at another place in Psalm 51, 10 and 11. You ever felt like convicted about something or you ever felt guilty? David did. In Psalm 51, right here, he says, Create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. David had points along the way where he would feel certain ways. And when he did, I mean, you read other places where we don't, I won't even put some of those verses up there, but things like David would say, Oh God, that you may destroy my enemies before me. Smash all of their heads. You know, you're like, what did you say? Did you, I mean, you think, is it okay to pray that? Well, David did. You know, I mean, and God said he's a man after his own heart, but that's a whole other subject. So, I mean, you know, you can be honest with God. I mean, you can just tell him what you're thinking. So as you begin to do that, you know, approach it. One of the things you'll find is, as you approach this in a very relational way, getting into the Bible to get to know God, you'll find that not only do you speak to God, but he'll also speak to you. He will begin to speak to you exactly at times when you need it. Um, for us, in um, like, it's like 2000 and, uh, it's like 2001, um, yes, thank you, be gone from there. Uh, so um, it was like 2001 and, um, we were renting the house that we live in currently, and so we were renting this house, and uh, this, our landlord was this gal named Karen, and Melinda calls me one day, I'm back in uh, Kansas City teaching this class at uh, this seminary there, and uh, she calls me up and says, hey, Karen uh, says she wants to move in uh, to our house. And I said, whoa, that's going to be crowded. And she said, no, no, she wants us to move out. And I thought, oh, bummer. And so uh, anyway, this launches us on this whole thing. And um, we start figuring out, okay, where we're going to move to, you know, and what are we going to do? And Melinda's supposed to be leaving three days later for China to be over in China for several weeks. And so I'm kind of trying to figure this out. And I said, oh, wow, okay, I'm going to start looking. This one guy tells me, he says, you know, hey, had you ever... uh, had you ever thought about buying the house? And I thought, <laughs> no. So what? I said, good night, no. And he goes, why not? I said, well, in the first place, you know, you're so broke you can't even pay attention. You don't usually buy houses, you know, and so that, that's not going to happen, you know. And he goes, no, no, really. I mean, maybe you ought to think about buying it. And I was like, mm, yeah, no. Uh, and he said, really? And he, so this other guy says, you know, what would you think if I, like, wrote people that, you know, are like alums, and I wrote people that you've done ministry with, and just asked them if they wanted to have a part in that, you know, and I said, nah, no. Uh, he said, well, I said, well, in the first place, most of them don't have any money, and, uh, and the second, he goes, well, how much money would you have to come up with for your down payment to, for your monthly payments to be like your rent is now? I, said, I don't know. So they started looking, and they figured out, okay, I had to come up with like $90,000, and I was like, <laughs> You know, I thought, okay. I said, well, by the time all the alums gave, we'd probably be about 89500 short. And so, you know, I don't think that that would really work out. And so, but, you know, I appreciate the offer. You know, thank you for offering that. And he goes, I'm going to run them anyway. When do you have to know? And I said, well, in a week. And so he said, well, just, just over a week. By a Friday, this was like Wednesday or something. So I had to let her know by the next Friday. And he goes, well, I'm going to write her. So I said, okay. So all of a sudden, he calls me back up in a couple of days, and he goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm looking for houses. <laughs> I said, I'm out looking for houses. What do you think I'm doing? I'm looking for houses. And he, he goes, why? I said, 
we're probably going to have to move in a week or so, you know. And he goes, uh, oh, well, hey, I wrote everybody. I wanted to let you know. There's like $20,000 that came in. And I said, you're kidding. He said, no. I said, that's great. He goes, so what do you think? I said, I'm going to go look for houses because, you know, I mean, <laughs> we, yeah, we, we couldn't do that. I mean, I appreciate that and all, but that we couldn't do that. And he said, well, okay. So then, you know, a couple days more goes by and he calls me up and goes, there's like $35,000 in. I said, man, that's great. He goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm looking for houses. And uh, he said, okay. And so the real reason was because as I looked at things, I thought, you know what, we've now got four days to go until, you know, Karen comes back into town. I thought, you know, yeah, four days. Everyone, you know, usually there's all those people that give up front. And then, you know, there's, so I thought, mm, there's still like, you know, $55,000 we have. I thought, yeah, not a chance in the world. So that day in my time with God, I sit down and I open up the Bible and I was reading in Isaiah at the time and I re- run across Isaiah 45, 3, and he says, in there he says, I will give you the hidden treasures, uh, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that it is, excuse me, so that you may know that it is uh, the Lord, that I am the Lord. What does he say there? He says, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. And I remember reading that, and I thought, get out of here. You know, are you serious? Now, God, are you you really saying that? Are you? Are you, I mean, I know you didn't originally mean that for me, but are you saying that that's what you're going to do, that you're going to provide this? And it was just like crystal clear, you know what? I'm going to take care of you. And I thought, well, now I don't know how you're going to pull that off. You know, but I thought, okay. I thought, wow. So, uh, so I get a call, you know, the uh, next day and, uh, um, you know, the guy tells me, he says, hey, uh, things have really kind of slowed down. He goes, just want to let you know while you're out looking for houses that, yeah, kind of slowed down. You know, we're like 38. So I said, that's okay. He goes, well, you seem upbeat. Yeah, I am. And he's like, really? Yeah. Going to go look for houses right now? Nah, probably not that much today. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm good. And so he's like, strange. Okay. So, you know, he hangs up and stuff. And over the course, the long and the short of the story, over the course of the next four days, God brings in $101,000 in like a week. And we were able to buy the house. And I'm like, now, how does that happen? Well, I don't know. But I do know this. My whole perspective on how things were suddenly changed. And God knew exactly what needed to be spoken at the right time. And exactly the right time, God says, hey, you know what? You don't have to worry. I'm going to provide you can just simply relax. You know, there was another time when there was some things that were going on on campus and some of the different groups, if you haven't really noticed, some, some groups, they, they um, view, they can, and you may view this way sometimes, you know, sometimes like at the first of the year or something like this, it's kind of like this uh, Christian rush. And uh, so everybody's like, you know, hey, you want to come over here? You want to come over here? You want to come over here? You know, you know, but you can have these letters on your name and, you know, so they, all this different stuff, you know, and so it's like, yeah, no. So this was kind of going on, and people were pulling back and forth, all these different groups, and some of them were acting very unscrupulous in things that they were saying and doing and all sorts of things. And so there came a point where I thought, you know what, I need to just, I need to get a couple of days away because I need to hear from God on some things because 
There were a couple of guys I thought, I may send them to meet Jesus early. And um, so this was going on. And so I get away and I'm just spending some time with him. And as I'm praying one morning and I'm reading in just normal place there, not like, you know, God, what do you want me to read? There. No, but it wasn't one of those crazy things. Like some of you are going, that's what I do. Yeah, I know, don't. Um, But, you know, it wasn't one of those. It was just like normally what I was reading. And so I'm reading in John 3. And all of a sudden, what I find there is these disciples come up to John the Baptist and they go, John, some of the people are leaving our group and they're joining Jesus's group. And John turns to this guy and he goes, No man can receive anything unless it is given him from heaven. And I thought, huh, that settles it. There's no competition. What we have is exactly who God wants to be there. So no man can receive anything unless it's given him from heaven. So I thought, no competition for me anymore. I walked back to campus. I was totally different. I talked to one of the guys from one of the other groups here a couple weeks after that. And he's like, do you ever feel competition? I said, you know, I have. And he goes, really? I said, yeah. He goes, how do you deal with that? And I said, uh, John three twenty seven. And he's like, really? What does it say? So I told him, and he's like, what else do you do? I said, that's it. That's it. I mean, you know, once God's spoken to you from his word, you don't really need like, can I have four more verses to back? I mean, you don't need that. I mean, you look at it, you think, that's it. That's what, that's what you need to do. So you can just move on. So God will speak to you from his word. So I would just say, be ready for that. So some things as you're beginning to get into it. First thing I would tell you, come prepared. Come prepared, okay? Some of you, you know, you approach quiet times kind of like you approach running when you're on vacation. You know, you just happen to look in your suitcase and you realize, oh, all I brought was flip-flops. Oh, well. Uh, You know, and some of you are kind of like that when it comes to, you know, spending time with God. You're like, oh, I was going to spend time with God today. It's just I forgot things like, a Bible. Uh, you know, so come prepared. There's some things you're going to need. Uh, first of all, always have like a Bible. Have a notebook. Have a pen or pencil. Um, now you may wonder, well, why do I need a notebook or a pen or pencil? I mean, for some of you, I know this will be a brand new thought. But, you know, you, you ought to write down things that God teaches you. That way he doesn't have to teach you again. You know, because there are not social promotions with God, you know. And so what he will do is if it takes you 10 years to learn something because you have to learn it 10 different times, well, then it'll take 10 years. But so if you write them down, see, then you can learn. And sometimes as you're writing things down, you'll find out that, you know, suddenly things make sense to you that weren't making sense before. You know, there's the old saying, thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass through lips and fingertips. And so sometimes just writing it out you begin to figure out, okay, now I get it. Now I understand it. So come with a Bible, come with a notebook, come with a pen or pencil. Um, Second thing, have a place. Now, I I tell you this, this will be good information for many of you because some of you are going to be scattering around this summer. You're going to be going to new places. Some of you are going to be going back home. That can be good. That can be dangerous. Uh, Some of you are going to be going to new places altogether for work or for this or for that. Have you ever noticed this, that every new environment you go into suddenly becomes a challenge to meeting with God? And you know the reason it does? You haven't thought through it. Where am I going to do this? And so you keep getting stumped. Some of you keep going home and getting tripped up each time you're like, 
I don't know. It's happened like five times now. How many times have you been home? Five? Uh, you know, I just, you know, and you're like, well, you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. Always think, now, when I go there, where is it I'm going to meet with God? Where is this going to happen? So pick a place. Have a place. Third thing, have a plan. Have a plan. It doesn't have to be a complex plan. It can be a plan like I'm going to read one chapter, you know, or something. You know, for my plan, you know, like if mine is fairly simple. I mean, now I have friends that honestly, they have some plans that make my head spin um, that I just, I, I have more trouble keeping up with their plan than I do keeping their plan. I mean, it's just, I just can't even fathom all of the different things they do. For me, it's fairly simple. Like I read like one psalm or one proverb in the morning, and then I read like four other chapters. So, you know, what that basically does for you is it'll take you through the whole Bible in a year and Psalms and Proverbs twice. So, you know, that's basically what I do. Now, you know, that doesn't have to be your pace. That doesn't have to be at all what you do there. What I will tell you is this. Whatever plan you have, it needs to align with your goal. It needs to align with your goal. That's where many people get off track because... um, they go at a pace that is not in line with their goal. And in fact, they go at a pace that's not in line with their abilities because they've heard someone else goes at this certain pace or someone else does this. Don't worry about what someone else does. What you want to do is you want to go at a pace that's good for you. It's not about what you cover. It's about what you assimilate into your life. See, the goal is not, you know, to just try to cover as much as you can. The goal is to get it woven into the fabric of your life. And one of the things you want to do is you want to consistently remember, you know, what is the goal? So if I were to ask you, like, what is the goal? Why are we getting into Scripture? Why are we doing that? Ah, see here, we have one person that was listening five minutes ago. This is good. To get to know God. That's the goal. So you want to get to know him. So what I would encourage you as you're going into Scripture, whatever plan you have, have kind of a... uh, have kind of a dual view. One, you want to hear what God wants to say to you that day. You want to hear what he wants to speak to you about. But another thing, if you have something you're looking for when you go in, there's a very good chance you're going to find something. So what I do is I have like each year generally, sometimes it's, you know, a couple times a year, but I'll have like a couple of things that I intend to look for when I'm reading the Bible that year. Like this year, I have two things. One, uh, I'm wanting to look at, okay, what does the gospel have to say about our identity in Christ? So that's, you know, as I go through, as I'm reading all the way through, I'm reading what God has to say to me that day. I'm reading any other things he's speaking about. But one of the things I'm consistently looking for is what does God have to say about our identity in the gospel? Another thing I'm looking at this year, what does God have to say about food? And you think, food? Are you serious? And Yeah, I'm serious. I wonder what God had to say about food. Why? Have you ever realized how many different people have so many different opinions on food? I'm sorry, uh, I can't eat that because that has butter in it, and I, I, I gave up butter over here, and I'm eating lint instead or something like that. I don't know. They gave up butter for lint. I don't know what they're doing, but they're, they gave up all this stuff. You know, and I gave this up, and I only eat this, and I eat that, but only if it's fried uh, with uh, a certain kind of oil, and, you know, but that has to be baked, and you know, I, one girl used to tell me, she said, I don't eat beef at all. I just need you to know I don't eat beef. And I said, oh, bummer, we're having spaghetti. She goes, oh, spaghetti, I eat that. I said, no, it has ground beef in it. She goes, yeah, but that's okay in spaghetti. And I thought, 
I'm so confused. And so, uh, you know, I mean, I just, you know, not that that's not normal, but I mean, I sat there and uh, looked at this. And so I thought, you know, a lot of people have opinions about this. I mean, if you ever want to know people's opinions, all you have to bring up is food and you'll get more opinions than you have people. But, and you also get judgments. Have you ever noticed that? You know, because everyone thinks, well, now here's what you should eat. Should's always an interesting word. So I began to think, what does God have to say about this? Everyone else has opinions. What has God, you know what? Finding some very interesting things four months in that God has to say that will blow most of our arguments and our opinions right out of the water. We're going to have to take our opinions and just throw them away because God has some different things to say. And so you began to look and you began to find out if we're going to know him, if we're going to really glorify him, really reveal him to others, if we're really going to love him, well, then we need to get into his word and begin to do that. So one of the things I tell you, as you get started, remind yourself of the goal. Remind yourself, you know, I want to get to know God. In fact, sometimes when I'm sitting down in the morning, especially if I'm groggy, I'll just kind of say, now, God, for the record, I want to know you. That's what I'm here for. And so and I'll, and I'll think, that is right. That is what I'm here for. And remind yourself of the goal as you get started. Now, there are some components to getting into the scripture, some components to time with God. They are these, the word, prayer, reflection, and application. The word, prayer, reflection, and application. Now, just understanding those four components would also give you another understanding of why it's a great idea as you're thinking about getting into the Bible and how to get into it. Another reason it's a great idea, why to memorize scripture. There are going to be a few mornings. Now for some of you, that's going to be like six. Um, But, you know, hopefully not all the time. But there's going to be a few mornings which because of poor planning or circumstances or laziness, uh, there's, you're not going to be able to get up and, and get time with God that morning, you know, as you normally would. So if you have verses that you've actually memorized during that time, you can take those and run those over in your mind. You can take those and begin to reflect on those. You can take those and begin to pray through those. And as you do, you can figure out, okay, in a deeper way, how can I really apply this to my life? Now, what I would tell you is this. If you have enough poor planning or you have enough, you know, circumstances that call for you to be working on those verses, and you only have one verse memorized. There's only so many ways you can apply Jesus wept. Okay, so, I mean, you know, you start looking at that, you know, I need to cry more. Uh, You know, Jesus uh, was emotional. I mean, you know, there's only so much you can do with that. So I would encourage you, memorize more. But make it a regular pattern of getting time in God's word, and it'll, it'll just, it'll go better for you, and you'll learn. Uh, as far as prayer, when you begin to pray and stuff as you're getting some time with God, one of the things I encourage you, not only learn to just converse with him and, and talk with him about things that are in your life. In fact, like, you read sometimes, and, and it'll say something like this, with prayer and supplication. Now, that's a great word, isn't it? Supplication. You ever wonder, what the heck is supplication? Usually we just think, that's one of those great biblical words. What, what does that mean? 
Anybody know what supplication means? Supplication just simply means this. It means things that are of personal interest to you. Like things you're personally involved. That's what supplication's about. So, you know, he's saying, bring these things out here that others are, and bring these things that are of personal interest to you as well. Bring those things before God. So you need to learn to do that. But one of the things you need to learn to do too while you're praying, you need to learn to just listen to God through his word. And you need to learn to just listen to God. As you, sometimes as you say things to God, some of the things you'll realize is if you'll pay attention, you'll have some real leading from God on some things to do. Sometimes he'll just really directly you know, communicate, do you think, is this an audible voice? Well, probably not. You know, probably not going to hear that. But you'll, like, you'll notice, like I was telling you about earlier, you'll notice you'll have some thoughts. Like, maybe you're over there and you have a thought like, um, hey, you know what? Your kitchen in there is a mess. And you could go in there and clean that this morning. Now, first of all, you know that thought's not from you. Okay? <laughs> You've never had a thought about cleaning the kitchen. It's probably not the enemy. The enemy's not thinking, oh, I'll really mess them up here. <laughs> I'll have them clean the kitchen. You know, no, I mean, a lot of times you'll have a thought like that from God about, you know what? I ought to go do that. And you, immediately we begin to say things like, well, that may not have been from God, so I don't know. I, I just want to not take chances. You know, yeah. Well, begin to be discerning what you'll begin to figure out. You know, well, if it's not from you and it's not from the enemy, hmm, you know, yeah. I mean, it's probably from God. And what he's wanting to do is he's wanting to build some characteristics in you to where you actually learn to relate to him. Now, some of you, I know that just weirds you out. For some of you, you're like, like actually talk to God and like, expect him to say something. Yeah, I mean, how weird would it be if I said, Jenna, I would really like to have more of a relationship with you. So what I thought is this. I would come in every day and sit down and I would just talk to you. I don't want you to say anything. (laughs) I'm just going to talk to you and then I'm going to leave. And by the way, I'll give you a list of things that I'd like you to do today. (laughs) That's part of what I'm going to do when I talk to you. Don't you think we'd have such a wonderful relationship, you know, for about 30 seconds. And uh, I mean, you know, then it'd be like, good night. And yet, isn't that the way that we often treat a relationship with God? And so, you know, instead, have a conversation with him. Go in and talk with him. Tell him, yeah, the things that are on your heart. But a lot of prayer is to find out what are the things that are on his heart so we can align our lives with that. We can begin to do those things. So begin to look at that. Um, Now, some of you, you know, you've been doing that for a while. That's excellent. Some of you, you you're just beginning to learn to get into God's word. You're just, wherever you are in this process, that's great. For either of you, what I would like to invite you on is a little journey. You should have gotten a uh, handout when you came in, just a little 30-day journey to get into the Bible to get to know God. Each of you should have got, did anyone not get one of those? Because we have people that are, oh, look over here, people that are, what happened to our people at the front door? That's what I want to know. Um, you've got to get things to people. So they were here early. Ah, the, the early bird catches the worm, but misses the handouts. So, uh, yes, yeah, so there you go. So, okay, so you're going to get those. So what I would encourage you in this, during this 30 days, what you're going to want to do is this. One, 
pick a passage. Now, in this case, the passage is going to be in the Psalms, okay? So we're going to be reading in Psalms. So if you're going to take this 30-day journey, that's where you're going to be. You're going to be in the Psalms. So just pick a passage. Now, for some of you, you know, like kind of a recommended thing would be like maybe, you know, like four or five Psalms. But here's the deal. For some of you, four or five Psalms would be kind of like reading, you know, Harry Potter, the entire set tonight. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not expecting that. Okay. What I am saying is this. Read enough that you begin to uncover a characteristic of God, okay? So you can begin to think about that. You can begin to meditate on that. You think, I don't know how to meditate. Do you know how to worry? If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate, okay? So it's the same sort of principle. You just think about it in a lot of different ways. Think about it, okay? Then as you're thinking about this characteristic of God, begin to look at that, begin to focus on that, begin to ask questions about it. An illustration that, I've used there in your handout is like, okay, maybe you come across something like, you know, um, one attribute of God is he's holy. And you think, okay, God, what does that mean to be holy? In fact, what does holy mean? And, and God, what does that mean about the way you relate to me? What does holiness mean for my life? If I was going to be like you in some of this, what would that mean for me? What, how do I do that and not be weird? And, you know, is, is weirdness tied in? Is that really, you know, holy slash weird? I mean, what does this mean? You know, and you begin to look at this, begin to take it apart with questions. Talk with God about that aspect of his character. Then record the things that you are learning. Begin to write those down. What I will tell you guys is this. Maybe apart from scripture memory, which I honestly think is probably one of the best habits you'll ever develop in your entire life. If you only have time to develop one habit in your entire life, develop that habit. Well, maybe that and brushing your teeth. But, I mean, develop that habit. But if you want a habit that is going to shape your heart and shape your perspectives and shape your values and shape you the rest of your life, that is going to give you the ability to know God the ability, therefore, to love him, the ability to really live a life that glorifies him. If you want a habit that's going to allow you to really relate well with people and know how to be a friend and know how to develop friendships and know how to, to really uh, encourage people on the way, if you want a habit that's going to help you know how to be a good worker at work, and know how to keep your job, and know how to actually move up in your job and do well, no habit you're going to develop in your life is going to help you any more than learning how to get into the Bible, learning how to get into Scripture, and spend time with God. And if you'll do that, you know, if, if you do that for the next 30 days, and it comes up, and it's just like, oh my gosh, this was the worst 30 days of my entire, come tell me, I will have Jeremy buy you ice cream. Uh, you know, uh, we will, you know, it'll, all right, never mind. I'll buy it. All right, I'll do it. But, you know, I'll, I'll do that for you. I mean, you know, honestly, what you'll find is this. It's like David said, taste and see that the Lord is good. What you'll find is this. You begin to spend some time with him. You begin to taste. What you'll find is you will be, you'll be like one of those kind of people that, you know, sees, you know, 
La La Land, the next thing you know, you're like, everybody's got to see this. You know, because why? Well, because, you know, it's just great. And you'll just be running all over the place. Why? Well, because you've seen it, you've tasted it, and suddenly it just made sense to you. And what I would encourage you is, you know, you'll find that same thing in Scripture. But it won't happen if you don't get started. So take that paper, take the next 30 days, begin to get regular time with God, learning to know Him and thus learning to love Him and then learning to really reflect Him to a world around you. Let me pray for us and we'll invite the worship team back up. Father, thank you that you've given us your word so that we actually can know you. We can actually have a relationship with you. Thank you for that. Thank you that you've uh, also made it really clear just from examples from Scripture about how to get into your word and how to, uh, how to begin to apply. Thanks for things that you uh, preserve for us like the Psalms and uh, the practical things like Proverbs and, and things that really allow us to know how to know you. So, Father, would you, would you just imprint it upon each one of our minds and hearts a purpose to really know you and uh, discover you, not just to know about you, We've done that way too often. But, Father, to really know you. So would you make that a reality in lives tonight? In Jesus' name, amen.